Today in the Last Wire podcast, we're joined with Ed Whiskey Four Echo Mike Bravo from Tennessee. Welcome to the show, Ed. Hey, thank you very much, John. Can you tell me how you got into ham radio? Where did the bug come from? Well, my father, uh, he's a silent key now, but my dad was KD8EEJ, and he lived in Ohio, and I was deployed to Iraq, and my dad sent me the Gordon West study book and the Gordon West set of CDs. And so I took those CDs, uploaded them on my computer, and I had a laptop there, and I uh, told it to play, and I just told it to play in a loop. So it was always playing, and I put it like at a low volume. And I'd go out on patrol, come back, go out on patrol, and come back, and I always heard Gordon West's voice talking. And uh, I could lay there in my hooch and listen to what he was talking about, and uh, I would take notes on the walls of my hooch. The the walls were this weird cardboard material that you could write on, and, and it would erase. So I used dry erase markers to, to write notes. And people would come to my hooch, and they'd say, man, it looks like a Bill Nye the Science Guy room or something, because there was notes on every wall, you know, because it's not a big hooch. I could reach all the walls in one spot. So, But, uh, yeah, so that's where I got it from, was from my dad. Yeah, Very inspiring. Uh, for, was it for you being in Iraq and, and studying, was it a release from the reality of being in Iraq? I found that quite interesting, the studying of ham radio and being in a, a war zone. No, uh, no it, it, I didn't have a lot of downtime. The particular company I was in, uh, we didn't have um, – uh, we had a, we had a, quite a job to do where we were, and so we were we were doing our job quite a bit, and uh, that's how come I just let it loop because I I could never sit down and say oh, I'll read chapter one today because I I was constantly outside the wire doing doing missions, so I just let it loop and play. Um, it, everybody else would just watch movies that they, you know DVDs that they had brought from home or or uh, they'd have mail sent to them, and everybody was exchanging these DVD movies and and. Uh, I'd fall asleep if I watch a DVD movie, I guess, or and I wouldn't want to get halfway into a movie then have to stop. So I just chose to listen to the uh, CDs. And I, and I, at one point, uh, you know, I, I brand new, didn't know anything about the hobby. And Gordon West had said, um, uh, "If you have any questions, give me a call. Here's my phone number." And it's in it's in the CD in the audio CD. Well, I got was really excited. I'm like, "Hey, this, man, hey, let me take a test. I'm ready now." You know, because I'd listened to it for like two three months and I'd finally made it through all the. And I, I called him, and uh, he uh, his wife answered the phone, and she says, Gordo, you have a phone call. And he said, take a message, I'm eating. And she says, no, you better take this one. It's a young man in Iraq. And he came and he took my phone call. And uh, he's like, and then he explained to me better the VE system and how you have to, what you have to do to get tested and all that. And I realized, well, sitting where I'm at, that's not going to happen. So uh, I appreci- I told him thanks for his time. And he, he asked me my dad's call sign, I told him. And um then in 2000, that was in 2000, uh, 2008. And then 2011, my dad passed away. My, my mother was, you know, cleaning out some of the house and she'd sent me some boxes of my dad's stuff. And then one of my dad's boxes was a QSL card from Gordon West. And I, and I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, that's a great story and a great loop of, uh, I, I think ham radio is very much a family. And uh, as much as we all don't know each other, we all have a connection. And that is yes, ham radio. Absolutely. Now, when you got back and you had your first activation, can you tell me a little bit about uh, kind of your trial by fire and ham radio and emergency response? Okay, yeah. So uh, I got back. Uh, had, I'd take, taken my rack money and bought, bought my radio equipment, and I had made a made like a, a box to put my station in, a wooden box. had a front and a back that would come off, and all I had to do is plug in the power and plug into, um, plug into the antenna. And I thought, hey, this way I could just pick it up and use it wherever I need to. 
And in around two, and this is uh, 2009 when I'm back into 2009. And I'm a new ham. And then, uh, so I'm getting involved in as much activity as I could. You know, I got my general license uh, shortly after I got my technician license. And um, in May of 2010, um, we had this huge flood here in Nashville and, and here in Clarksville, Tennessee. And um, so a lot of people were being displaced. You know, there was, I mean, it was a, a you know, once, a, once every 100-year flood, or they say, or 500-year flood. So uh, I was on my way to work. And they had gotten on the two-meter radio, and the Red Cross was saying, hey, we need some uh, volunteers. Is anybody out there available? And I responded. I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm going to work. I said, but let me, let me check when I, when I get there. Anyway, long story short, work said, yeah, go ahead, go volunteer to go do that stuff. I said, awesome. And like I said, I was in the Army at that time in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. They, I think they could handle things on their own, and the area wasn't flooded here. And so I, grab, I come home, grab my wooden box I made, and uh, threw it in a truck and drove to the church that they told me to go to that they were planning on setting up for um, uh, people who've been displaced. And so I set up in the church, got my antenna outside, I got my box, and I called the Red Cross on the radio, and I said, hello, you know, this is me, I'm in position. And they said, hey, that's great. I said, all right. I had no clue what I'm doing there. They just asked me to go there, so I'm there. And then uh, it wasn't, but maybe about 40 minutes went by, and they called me and said, hey, uh, Ed, you are now net control because we're taking on water and we got to go. That moment right there, what was going through your head when you're a new ham, uh, activated, you're excited, and then, uh-oh, I'm in charge? Uh, well, the very first thing that went through my head was the famous thing that you say over the uh, Army radio, uh, say again over. <laughs> and uh, they had to uh, take it down. They ended up taking on five feet of water in that building they were in. And they were, they were probably – they were probably – I'd say four to 500, 600 meters off of the river, from the river. So that's how much it had risen. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. I hadn't been listening long enough to know what the net control was doing other than answering people. So, uh, you know, and I was in the Army long enough at that point. You know, I, I'm like, okay, you know, when in charge, take charge. And then the calls started coming in, telling me what roads was closed and what bridges were out and, and uh, all this kind of thing. And I quickly realized... Uh, well, I have no map to look at. I have no uh, notepad. <laughs> I just thought, hey, go set up a radio. Sure. I didn't know what that meant. So I was so unprepared. And uh, so I told myself, this will never happen to me ever again. And uh, so I had, yeah, I was writing notes all over the outside of that wooden box and uh, with a pen that I borrowed from the pastor. And, and people would call, hey, is this bridge open? And I'd have to, like, uh, stand by as I search around my wooden box to see if I see the name of that bridge on my box <laughs> and then after they would open a road after they would let some levees loose or open on some dams then i would put a line through that note if it was no longer applicable and uh but yeah it's definitely definitely trial by fire absolutely through, uh, right into it right into it since that time I, I presume you've been more prepared you you've better understanding what, what role now do you play in ha amateur radio when it comes to emergency emergency response for your community sure so um Aries Amateur Radio Emergency Service uh, is a is a um, part of the Amateur Radio Relay League, and so you know I try to volunteer with as much stuff as I can. You know I belong to the local club. I got into Aries, and we would have Aries meetings, and then um, as time went by, people you know being this is a military town, people move, and uh, 
uh, most of the ham club though is permanent. Most of it is, um, but sometimes um, there's a few members that have to they have to go. And uh, eventually, I ended up taking over the emergency coordinator position of Aries. So I was the person in charge of my county, Montgomery County Aries. And so uh, I held it for a while. And during that time, uh, the guy who was in charge right before me had gotten me an account with the National Weather Service. And so uh, when I say got me an, an account, that meant that I had a name and a password uh, and I was able to join the National Weather Service or what they call NWS, the National Weather Service chat. And so I could log into the chat room and there was two chat rooms that I had access to with my credentials. And that was the Nashville uh, National Weather Service and the Nashville National Weather Service for hams. And so what that meant was I could now jump into the chat room where they start putting warnings and um, um, watches and all the things that come over the official NOAA radios. Uh, the the text information of that all happens right here at this National Weather Service chat room. And they talk about it amongst each other as they're about ready to start releasing these tornado warnings, tornado watches, uh, severe thunderstorm warnings. And they'll actually publish it there at the same time that a computer reads it over the NOAA radio. So I can actually see it before it's happening, see it on the map because there's also a map available on that website. And so what I would do is I would turn on my uh, two-meter radio. And I was, I took over kind of on my own the responsibility for the two adjacent counties next to us because I know that they don't have a ham that's in the National Weather Service chat room. So I just let them know over those two other counties, uh, hey, uh, I can reach your repeater from where I'm at. So if I hear warnings and stuff um, for that affects your area, I'll turn my beam your way and I'll announce it over to your repeater if that's all right with you guys. And they're like, oh, yes, please do. What do you need from us? I said, well, I said, when, when the weather's coming, if any of you have a weather station, because uh, that's what the National Weather Service asked for, they asked for measured weather reports. I said, uh, you can let me know that you have measured weather, and or if any of your hams see any of these following items, and it was what's called reporting criteria. And so what would happen is, so I would have M- Montgomery County, which is my county, uh, Houston County guys, and then I have one guy that's in Stewart County, and those guys could then, if they see something happening weather-related, they could call me. And so I became a liaison between the hams of the county and the National Weather Service. And uh, I had one ham ask, you know, hey, I want an account too. And, you know, and all the group was like, yeah, we all want one. And I had to kind of explain to them, it's a thing where they don't want too many people because you can't have everybody be liaisons because then it's not a liaison anymore. Then everybody, it, And the room gets pretty full during an event. So what we did was um, we kind of decided on location around the county. I'm, I'm the furthest western guy in my county. And so I looked at the furthest eastern guy, the farthest northern guy, and I was you know, spreading ourselves out. So in case I became in the affected area where I lost power or I needed to go to my tornado shelter, um, then one of the other fellows could pick it up. And so um, I contacted the National Weather Service and I was able to get a, a few more accounts um, for these other hams that were spread out for myself. And so uh, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. The, when I know the weather's coming, uh, I'm able to open, sit right here in the computer where I'm at, get on the National Weather Service, uh, which you can't see because my, my, where my camera position is. All my radios are stacked up here on the shelves. And um, 
that's that's it. I start taking reports from hams. I keep a log now. I keep a notepad and pen here at the shack. And I actually got on a, a spreadsheet and made a made a, a log for logging that kind of information. And uh and I save it. And then um now I might type it up later and save that just in case it's asked for later on because sometimes um some of your logs through that could be subpoenaed um, as part of proof or evidence when they have uh, uh, homes that are damaged and they need to come in and, you know, state of emergencies when they file for a state of emergency or additional funding, that kind of stuff. I've never seen it happen, but I've been told it could. So we keep Always that, that potential, stuff. isn't there? Always the potential. So that's that's it in a nutshell there, John. Now, looking at your region, Ed, what what infrastructure is available? I presume two meter radios, seven cent, seventy centimeters. Hmm. What uh, what other tools are in your toolbox for ham radio in the community as a county okay. response? Now it's changed. Um, we did we had a uh, two two meter repeaters and one seventy centimeter repeater here local, and uh, unfortunately our seventy centimeter and one of our two meters that was on the same tower went down, and uh, it's been a a long a, a long journey. We're trying to get those back up. And the uh, the 70 centimeter repeater happened to be on what, what's called M-tiers, the Middle Tennessee Emergency Repeater System. And that's a series of linked repeaters that goes across the entire state. And so the people that are in the National Weather Service chat room, they also have a liaison on that. And um, so unfortunately, I've not been able to reach that here uh, in over a year. Um, but because of I'm in the chat room, I can type on there, to the liaison, hey, I can't reach the the M tiers chat, but I'm here. Montgomery County's up, and and she's you know kind enough to say, sounds great, Ed. Thanks for letting us know you're there. Any information you have, just put it here, and we'll take it from here. I'm like, okay, awesome. Because normally what's happening is they're reporting it on the 70 centimeter linked repeater system. So we're down to one repeater, um, but in the Aries practices that we've done, um, we have. Um, we've practiced enough on two meters with the repeater. And then also after we do a net on the repeater, we'll do a simplex net. So we, we pretty much know who can talk to who. And so uh, if there's a time of emergency and I start and I open up a weather net on the repeater, part of my script covers, if we lose the repeater, then please report to 146.580 and um, um, relays will be very much needed to pass information. Well, thank you very much, Ed, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you highlighting your role, what inspired you to become a ham, and what you're doing now to keep the community safe. I appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to Ed, Whiskey for Echo Mike Bravo from Tennessee, and he shares with us his experience during a major flood in his community as a new ham. I'm your host, John Bignall, Victor Echo One, Juliet Mike Bravo. Remember, in times of crisis and natural disaster, amateur radio is often used as a means of emergency communication when all other conventional methods of communication have failed. The Last Wire podcast will profile and share stories of hams who have volunteered their amateur radio knowledge and equipment for communication duty when disaster strikes. If you have a story to share, we want to hear from you. Send us your story at john at lastwire.ca. Until next time, this is Victor Echo 1, Juliet Mike Bravo. 73.